please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, on this day of Pentecost, we come to worship you, mindful of the gift of your spirit, which works in our hearts and our lives that we might be empowered to share the peace that passes all of our human understanding, the peace that comes from you, and to live the love of Christ and to share the love of Christ each and every day. Father, we pray that your spirit would guide, move, motivate us to live each day for Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The day of Pentecost, a reminder that it's been 50 days since that time when we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord, a reminder of the time when God poured out his Holy Spirit upon the church, upon his disciples. But I'd like to take some time to go back and to take just a brief look at the ways that God works through his word and the power of his word and all that he brought into being in this creation and who we are. The Greeks and others have said that the creation, the world, is made up of four basic elements, earth and wind and water and fire. And if we look at the work of God, we see him using all of those things in a very creative and a very powerful way. It starts literally with forming Adam, that is man, out of the dust of the ground. And, and we see God taking that earth and forming him. And, and I don't know exactly what he looked like. This one's a little scary to me. But, but you know, you get the idea that what he does then is he breathes into man somehow that breath of life. And then man, we see, becomes a living being. And so we just saw a couple of things there. First of all, we saw the earth. And then we see the wind that is the breath of God working in a powerful way. We see that earth also as Jesus takes mud and puts it on the eyes of a blind man and tells him to go wash so that he can see. And so we have the water there as well as the earth. That spit from Jesus as he as he forms the mud, and then the water as the man washes it off of his eyes. And of course, we can also remember that wonderful chapter out of Ezekiel about the valley of dry bones, and Ezekiel is asked, can these bones live? And Ezekiel punts and says, well, you, Lord, know. And then after these, this, this army comes together uh, with sinews and all sorts of things and even flesh, they're still not alive. And he says, can these bones live? Prophesy to the bones, Ezekiel. Prophesy to them that the breath of God can enter into them. And so we see that life comes by the breath of God. Once again, this wind, and they come to life, a vast army. And of course, again, the water. Who can forget the crossing of the Red Sea? 
or how God works through the waters of holy baptism. Or how Jesus in his very first miracle in the Gospel of John changes water into wine. God uses the very basic things to do wonderful, amazing, and miraculous things. And that brings us to the day of Pentecost where we acknowledge that very last elemental of creation and that is fire. And the scriptures tell us that God uses fire to purify, to cleanse, to remove the dross, if you will, the impurities from things. The whole process of refining ore into steel is the process of, of removing the, infirmi- uh, the, 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 uh, the pollutants, if you will, the, the dross, the slag, all of those things from, from the steel so that it becomes stronger. And it's wonderful if you begin to also think that there's this intimate connection between fire and literally the breath of God. I love this picture because it reminds us that God himself is alive. And God himself is that that burning, cleansing fire that removes our sin and creates in us a holiness that comes only by the cross of Jesus Christ. That we are washed clean, the impurities of, of our sinful nature washed away in this cleansing fire. And then Pentecost. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues, other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to thank Lachelle for reading earlier because she was like appointed to read at the last minute this morning and she just worked her way through all of those languages I always chuckle on Pentecost when somebody has to read that lesson and they're not quite sure. Parthians and Edes and Elamites, people from all over the world gathered in Jerusalem for the celebration of Pentecost and now each one of them begins to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. Moved by the Holy Spirit to speak, the apostles began to speak in a very public way. And that's what we are called to do. Not necessarily to do it in different languages, but to speak the language of the gospel to a world that that seems to not understand that language. A world that has a warped understanding of, of that language. A world that doesn't really understand who Jesus is other than the occasional or maybe overly too common curse word. 
the language of the gospel has been corrupted by the devil. And people have this distorted view of what it means to be a follower, a believer, even a Christian. Oh, that means you have to go to church every Sunday and you have to live exactly right and you have... They turn it into a bunch of have to, have to, have to, have to, have to's. Is that what Christianity is? No. By the power of the Spirit working in our hearts and in our lives, what Christianity ought to be is a bunch of one, two, one, two, one, twos, based on the fact that we understand the love of Jesus Christ, the love of a Savior who went to a cross because he loved us and he died there for us to set our hearts on fire with the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God, which can impact and change the world. We love because he first loved us. We love because we know the price that he paid on a cross for our sins. We love because we have been washed clean by his very blood. We love not because we have to, but because we want to. And because God calls us to by the power of his Holy Spirit. And it's that love of Christ that changes people's lives. It's knowing that they are loved unconditionally no matter what they've done. That they've been forgiven. And that it's not dependent upon them and doing all the right things all the time. Jesus, in our gospel lesson to say, today says this, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The whole idea of loving Christ means that what flows out of that is the fact that we want to keep his word, and we want to live in his word, and we know that as we do so, we continue to grow in our faith, and the love of the Father lifts us up and surrounds us. That Christ dwells in our hearts. And as we love we bring to this world the other thing that Jesus talks about, and that is the peace, a peace that passes all of our human understanding, that we bring a peace that begins to repair that broken relationship between us and God. It's the language of the love of Christ. It's the heart of the gospel. For God so loved the world. We know the verse. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That verse comes to home at the end of our, our reading from Acts today. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a reminder that the heart of what we're about as God's people is not simply existing here to serve ourselves, but being equipped here 
to serve the world, being equipped here to share the gospel, being equipped here to go out to where it's a little scary sometimes and to let people know that they have a Savior who died for them. That's what Pentecost is all about. That's why God pours out his spirit upon the church, upon those early apostles, so that the birth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the spreading of it through the church takes place. It's from this point on that the disciples begin to understand exactly what it is that Christ has called them to do. The whole idea of being fishers of men is now implemented fully. That they go out from Jerusalem into the surrounding areas, to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, sharing the gospel of Christ's love with a sinful and fallen world. Has the mission changed? No. Has the call, the call of faith changed? No. The challenge is still the same to share Christ's love with hurting people, with sinful people, with people who need to know that they are redeemed by Christ. The challenge in our lives is to do it every day. The challenge in our lives is to love people. Someone once said it this way, share the gospel. Use words if necessary. It's the whole idea of showing it by our words and our deeds, the love of Christ, that unconditional, sacrificial love that's at the heart of everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.